back to episode 13 of the Reawakening Podcast. I'm Brian Ingraham. I just I just love the the music, the start the starting intro music. I actually listened to it a few times before I hit record. It just puts a smile on my face and it uh, gets me extra excited for what I'm talking about. And and actually the topic that I'm talking about today doesn't need much to generate excitement because it's the topic of celebration. Today I want to talk about celebrating and being a people who grow in celebration. It's not something that is uh, well cultivated in the church today, well cultivated in our Christianity. It's something that was very much a big deal in the Old Testament times and in the New Testament times, but we've kind of We've kind of grown into a uh, a less than enthusiastic, a less than passionate era. But also, celebration isn't just about passion; it's about practices. It's about it's about remembering. It's about uh, different things like that. So today, I want to talk about celebration, and I want to talk about this for two specific reasons. First of all, as I'm implying, uh, celebration is something that I think we could really grow in and benefit from. It's a big deal to God, and I want to see that return, especially to those of us who really want to grow in our faith and who want to who want to step into more maturity. Learning to celebrate is a maturity thing. Maybe sometimes you think maturity is kind of like a, a quiet thing only, or a fasting thing only, or yeah, that, that Jesus time, just you and Jesus, silent reading, meditative meditative only thing. No, no, no. Uh, maturity also includes the ability to celebrate and to celebrate well. The second reason I want to talk about it and really why it's on my heart today is I'm recording this right during the spiritual new year, the, the Jewish spiritual new year time, which is the autumn feast season in God's calendar. Now I'll talk about that more in a second, but but even if you're not listening to this message when it first goes out, that's fine. That's great. I want you. I want you to be thinking about uh, God's calendar, His events, His celebration practices, and and festivals that that He set out. And today we're going to talk about the seven celebrations that He set out originally in the Book of Exodus. We're going to look at how things are celebrated briefly, or at least the components when it comes to celebration. And then talk about how we can grow in those kinds of things today. I am going to encourage you to be mindful, more mindful of God's calendar of celebration that he introduces in the books of Exodus and Leviticus and Deuteronomy. But but also just in general, uh, it's, it's appropriate to have more celebration in our lives, especially when we uh, want to grow in our relationship with God. God set out three festival celebration seasons in his calendar in Exodus, Leviticus, and Deuteronomy. The first one is in the spring, and that's our Easter time, and it includes three specific celebrations. It includes Passover, the Feast of Unleavened Bread, and it also includes first fruits. Then there's the Feast of Weeks, which is 50 days later, which we call Pentecost. And then in the autumn, there's another three festival season, uh, and it's got three events in it. It's got the Feast of Trumpets, also sometimes often called Rosh Hashanah. It's the Jewish spiritual new year, and that is the Day of Trumpets. It's got the, the Day of Awe, or the Days of Awe, which would be the Day of Atonement. And then it's also got a one-week a celebration time called the Feast of Tabernacles, or the Feast of, of Booths. It's in this autumn season that I'm recording this in, and and just to highlight these these three events, maybe because you're you're less familiar with them, is this season has 
First of all, this, this announcement, the trumpets are blasting that, that the spiritual new year season has come. And it's a season. It's not just a day. It's a season. And, and I think that's important for us to keep in mind as we, we process this. The trumpets blast, calling people to, to gather together because judgment day is at hand or assessment day is at hand. And so the trumpets blast and then 10 days later, God's people gather together and it's the one fast day a year. It's the day where they they don't eat. And instead they've, they have this like holy, somber, we're standing before God and, and he is evaluating our lives. He's evaluating this year. It, and and the big question that the Jewish people were asking is, is there going to be grace for us this year? Have we messed up too much? And is God going to wipe us out now? Or is he going to give us another year, another year of grace? And so the Day of Atonement is a, is a day of, of looking back and assessing, you know, God and, and, and maybe how we've fallen short in this last year. How did it go, good or bad? Now, we tend to slant things rather positively, or at least I tend to. And yet this is a spiritual looking back as being like, okay, it's, it's judgment day in a, in a small sense. Someday we'll, we're going to think about the, the ultimate judgment day where the books are open, but year by year, spiritual new year, we want to stop and be like, okay, uh, how did it go? What didn't go well? And, and, and okay. And yes, we know in the new Testament that we get grace and we get forgiveness, but it's still worth assessing. How did we do? After the after the the day of looking back comes a seven day feast the, the season of tabernacles which is which is the this the the week of joy it's 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 the command for this time is to celebrate the, the command is to be joyful and and the thought there is it doesn't matter now how this last year has got has gone you have received grace you have received forgiveness. You have been forgiven of everything, and so now be happy about it. Be intentionally happy about it. Stop transfixing about the past and start being joyful about God's goodness to your future. There's a time and a place to look backwards, but also there's a very uh, real focus on looking ahead. One day, the Day of Atonement, looking backwards. Seven days of looking ahead and intentionally, intentionally being joyful about God's grace, his forgiveness, and the new year ahead. So there's seven feasts in three feast seasons, three, one, three. And in each of the, these celebrations, these God celebration times, there's a there's an aspect of it that is about remembering. Remembering what God has done. And each of these seven feasts has something connected to the Moses era, whether it's the Passover lamb as they exit from Egypt at Pentecost, they are remembering the, the receiving of the, the law, the Torah, the Ten Commandments on Mount Sinai. In the autumn, there's a, a big remembering of we, we lived in temporary dwellings. We, we wandered in temporary dwellings. That's why it's the Feast of Tabernacles. And it's a looking back and remembering where God had brought them through, what God had done for them. Remembering is huge when it comes to celebrating. Now, we also include remembering Jesus and the things that Jesus has done or will do on these same events. We celebrate the crucifixion of Jesus on 
on Passover. We celebrate uh, the fact that Jesus was buried in, in the grave during unleavened bread. And then we celebrate that Jesus is alive on the, on the day of first fruits. The, the, he is the first fruits of the resurrection of the dead. How Jesus fulfills those three days, those three festivals in the spring. We also then celebrate Pentecost. And maybe this is the only reason you know about Pentecost, because it's the day that we receive the Holy Spirit. Maybe you didn't even know that the Jewish people were celebrating the the receiving of the law. Uh, Is that in the Bible? No, it's not in the Bible, but it's very much a part of their celebration time. There's other connections to there, which I'm going to mention in a moment. And then in the autumn, we remember that at the last trumpet, Jesus is going to be returning on the Day of Atonement, the day that we stand before God and the books are open. And then the the great celebration, the marriage supper of the Lamb, this, this beginning of this new era of eternity with God. And that's how we remember what Jesus has done and will be doing in these same things. But big picture, part of celebration is remembering what God has done Old Testament, New Testament, and even in our lives today, but especially connected to Jesus and the gospel. The second thing that's a part of every celebration is a celebration of God's provision. Thus far, God, you have provided for me. And that's connected to the third aspect of every celebration. There is a faith expression. And so during these celebrations, you have this sense of, God, you have provided this, or at least this much, and so I am going to bring 10% of that. I'm going to bring a percentage of that in in celebration of you and what you provided. Now, some of the feasts, I love the earlier feasts, like like Passover and Pentecost, where they're earlier on in the year and you don't know yet how the complete harvest is going to go. But you, you can see in the first feast that there is some provision, that God has provided something. And so at that time, people would bring their faith expression, God, I know that not everything has come in and maybe it'll rain tomorrow and the whole rest of the year's harvest and crops will be ruined and destroyed and I will have nothing left. But I'm thankful that you have provided thus far. I'm going to bring my expression, my offering to you now. And I'm going to say that I will trust you with the rest. I'm not going to hoard this first harvest just to make sure that there's enough for the whole year. No, at this point, I see that you've provided thus far. I celebrate you and I'm going to, I'm going to bring my offerings now. And then the same thing happens at Pentecost. It's not until the end of the year that they know how the whole harvest season has gone. And again, there is that thankful harvest faith expression at the end of, at the end of the year. So there's remembering, there's celebrating God's provision, there's an expression of faith that's a part of every celebration. And then there's also like food. Food. I mean, you you may know about the the Passover Seder meal and those those practices where they're very intentional about having food as a part of the worship and celebration. There's this many cups of wine, there's there's bitter herbs, and there's there's different pieces to the Passover meal, and it's got a a progression to it. Um, There's symbolic events as the Jewish people remember what has taken place. But in all of these festivals, there, there's a sense of like, we're going to eat with God. We're going we're gonna to bring our offerings and we're going to sit in his presence with food and celebration and rejoicing. God loves food celebration. There's only one day a year, as I said before, the Day of Atonement, where it's the no eating day. But when it comes to the, the tabernacles, it's like joy, it's food. It's I don't know how you do when it comes to celebrating God with your meals, with food. And, and we're good at this with, 
maybe Christmas time or, you know, maybe Cinco de Mayo. I don't think we celebrate Cinco de Mayo, Mexican New Year, but but one of those those times where we're like, okay, food at Christmas is at the heart of the celebration. Now apply that to these other God celebration times. God loves his people gathering together to eat. It's a big part of celebrating and celebrating how God loves it when we celebrate. The last thing I want to mention when it comes to God's celebration is he wants his whole message and gospel to be remembered. And so in God's celebration season, he's got three different celebration seasons, again, seven different festivals. They all have aspects of the gospel to them, whether it's Jesus crucified, Jesus dead, buried in the grave, Jesus risen from the dead, the sending of the Holy Spirit to to those who would believe, the return of Jesus at the last trumpet, the dead in Christ rising, um, standing before God at judgment day, and then the beginning with God, the marriage supper of Lamb, eternity with God, this full holistic gospel aspect. Now, I, I spoke in that in terms of Jesus' fulfillment of the Old Testament celebrations, but you have the same thing when it comes to the the Old Testament expressions. God wants to be celebrated with the gospel messaging that he rescues, that he brings revelation, Old Testament bringing the law, New Testament bringing the Holy Spirit and and the written word of God. Um, And then the the gospel of looking back at our lives and, and celebrating God's forgiveness of our sins, what he accomplished on the cross and what he will accomplish when the books are open, fully applied eternity with God forever. Those are the main celebrations when it comes to the Bible and the Old Testament and the New Testament. Now, more were added along the way. You have the the Feast of Purim, which is the Esther story, and again, celebrating God's deliverance and rescue in that time. You also have Hanukkah or the, the Festival of Lights, which was when the, the Maccabees recaptured Jerusalem for the Jewish people and they re cleansed the temple and rededicated it to Yahweh, the God of the Bible. And so that's celebrated and rightly so. And those aren't those aren't the same level of God's calendar sort of things, but it is good and right to, to have times where we look back and we celebrate what God has done, his rescue, his revelation, and and his his, his gospel, and sometimes that's big picture with Jesus, but sometimes it's, it's other times in our lives. At a weekly level, God also instituted the Sabbath, which is a rest for sure, but it's also a faith celebration time, a faith expression. You, you have a stopping, which is done in faith, saying, God, you have taken care of me this week. You have provided for me all that I have this week. I am not going to work today, and instead I'm going to rest, and I'm going to trust that just like you provided for me on the other six days, you will provide for me today and leaning forward. There's a celebration aspect of it, usually with food, a special Sabbath meal, and uh, it's a time of, of celebration for the Jewish people. I want us in our generation to recapture excellent celebration, specifically celebration that centers around God, our faith, and what Jesus has done and will be doing for it. I think it's key to becoming mature in in this Christian life, learning how to celebrate well and celebrate the gospel well, not just with songs of praise and maybe raising your hand in church, or maybe you even will move a little bit when it comes to worship times but to really learn how to celebrate powerfully and and biblically. I'm recording this in 2020, and it's right still in the midst of a 
COVID-19 global pandemic. It's been a pretty awful year in a lot of ways, but there are still things to celebrate. There are always things to celebrate. And especially when you're in a difficult time, it's even more important to stop, to be intentional and say, okay, we are going to look back. And we are going to search for things in maybe in this awful season of our life. We're going to look back and we're going to say, okay, this is where I see God at work. And I'm going to praise him for it. And I'm going to celebrate that. I'm going to look back at myself spiritually. How have I done in this last season? Has it been okay? Have I grown? Have I been stale, stagnant, uh, regressed? How is this last season done? Okay, I'm going to have that that honesty moment with God, and then I'm going to celebrate his grace, and I'm going to celebrate his forgiveness, and I'm going to repent and get back to it. Now, we we tend to do this in, in evangelical Christianity with like prayer moments, but guys, that is selling it short. What we want to learn how to do is not just do this in in prayer moments, but to do this with celebration seasons, getting family together, getting friends together and be like, let's celebrate together. Let's remember what God has done. Let's remember the gospel and let's eat together. And I know that I'm saying this in the COVID moment where we can't gather together and eat. I get that. You can go out to a restaurant with one other household currently at this moment, but you can't have anybody in your homes at this moment. But guys, this is so important. It's time to think creatively at this moment. And, and this moment is going to pass. And hopefully in the, in the future, it won't be an issue for you when you're, when you're listening to this. But learn how to celebrate and celebrate together. Tap into some Christmas thoughts and then apply that at these other celebrations. Easter, Passover, um, Pentecost, and, and, and the, the birthday of the church, and then the autumn seasons as well with, with us intentionally, joyfully celebrating with food and, and friends, the gospel of Jesus and our future hope. I think the weirdest thing about all the feasts for me has been the autumn feast of tabernacles and specifically is its command to be joyful for a whole week. That just seemed really um, challenging to, to me, like to be over the top, joyful for a week, no matter how the last year has gone, no matter how your life is in this moment. And I'm like, how, how do you do that? But then you start looking at the Bible and you see this continued exhortation to, to rejoice in the Lord always, this call to being a joyful people, to be happy. And, and, and sometimes you look back and you're like, how can I be happy when, when, when with you know, maybe your job situation or your family situation or your marriage situation or your, your whatever situation? And you're like, how can I be joyful in this? Well, God says it's possible, and he actually commands it in the autumn every year to get past your circumstances and get back to Jesus, get back to the gospel, get back to what God is going to do for you, his grace and forgiveness. What Jesus has done is so great that it is worth joy for a week. It's worth putting aside the griefs, the, the fails, the, the awfulness of the past year, and celebrating Jesus for a week. Man, if I could challenge you, I, I would be challenging you every autumn to be mindful of when Tabernacle starts and get your people together, rally your people together, and make a pact. We are going to choose joy for this whole week. 
We're going to push each other to be joyful, to not give any space for grumbling. We're going to eat together at times throughout this week intentionally, and we're going to have a week of celebration. I mean, for us, we're like, okay, we're going to have a day of celebration, and that seems like a big deal. Whatever happened to this idea of week-long celebrations? I think we can. We have a lot to grow in here. Not only week-long celebrations, but how about weekly? Weekly celebrations with your home, with your family on the Sabbath. Celebrating God's provision, celebrating your faith and trust that the same that God has provided for you and, he, and you trust that he will provide for you. Just family time together. The, the Jewish people had weekly, monthly, every seven years, uh, every 49 years. Uh, they, had, they had big eras of, of different kinds of celebration. Maturity for us is going to be learning how to celebrate big. Uh, beyond what we're used to celebrating. Maybe you know how to celebrate for a day, but how about a week? How about not just a week, but how about a year when it comes to the year of Jubilee? Like, how, do you know how to celebrate God for a year? Do you know how to celebrate in your home with your family? Do you know how to celebrate the gospel, not just on the couch with your Bible open, but also with your family, with your friends, with a large gathering of people? Do you know how to be happy? Do you know how to be happy? God wants you to be happy. And, and that's not a something to be misapplied because that can be misapplied. He wants you to be happy in him. He wants you to be happy because of his gospel. He wants, he wants to have us be genuinely joyful because of his grace, because of his love, because of his help, because of his leading, because of his Holy Spirit, and because he's, Jesus is returning. And it's, and it's going to be good. It's going to be good. My challenges for you today is to find out when the the celebration season is coming up to to mark on your calendars the the Passover Easter season to mark on your calendar when when Pentecost Sunday is and to mark in your your calendar when trumpets is the day of atonement that looking back day and then that week long tabernacles celebration is that's my first challenge identify those those biblical feasts the second challenge i have is to learn about them there's a lot that you can read for free about Christians celebrating the these seven feasts and and how to do that and why. I, I did talk a lot about that today, but there's so much more. And learn about this. Educate yourself in this so that you can celebrate it more intentionally and joyfully. And thirdly, I want you to practice celebrating. Now, if you're listening to this live and right at this time where the autumn feasts are, I, I encourage you to go for it and and to to as best as you can, try and figure out how you're going to push yourself to celebrate this time, this this spiritual new year uh, with your family as you can and and for a, longer than you've ever celebrated before pushing yourself in the timelines uh, to grow in this. Now, if you're not listening to this live and you're just kind of in the middle of the year and you're a long ways from a, a celebration, I want you to plan a celebration. When when the Jewish people, when they came out of Egypt, some of them weren't able to celebrate the Passover at the right time. And so they were given another time, a month later. And I want you to kind of apply that uh, for when it comes to spiritual new year. If you're in the middle of a year, the year and you're hearing this, I want you to plan a, a spiritual new year practice where you have a day where you look back and you grieve at maybe ways that you've fallen short and then where you take a week and you celebrate joyfully God's the gospel, not just yourself, but you rally people to do that with you. Now, I understand that's a big challenge, but guys, learning to celebrate like this is a, is a massive step in maturity and it will change your life. The better we celebrate the gospel, 
the more joy we will have in our lives. It's one of those times where you intentionally stop and you intentionally think and you intentionally remember and then you connect that with faith expression and food and then enjoy the gospel together. I hope you enjoyed this podcast. I encourage you to get the word out that this that this happens. And I think that this celebrating the gospel is so lost that it's going to be helpful for anybody that you know to grow in maturity for Christ. You can get the word out by sharing it on social media. You can get the word out by subscribing to the podcast on iTunes or SoundCloud or wherever you get this podcast from. While you're at it, why don't you rate and review this on iTunes? That would be, be super helpful. I'd really appreciate that. When it comes to growing in Christ, my heart is to see our whole generation reawakened to walk in fresh, close, long-lasting, life-giving connection to the God of the Bible. Some people can fumble through this path alone, but I am certain that everyone does exponentially better with help.